1: Welcome to this week's Failed Critics podcast. I'm Steve Norman. I'm joined this week not by Owen Hughes. He is disappeared for the first time possibly ever. I can't remember him missing one before.
0: He's on a caravanning holiday in North Wales with a friend, Steve.
1: Hmm, a friend. Okay. And I'm joined by Paul Field.
0: Evening, fellas.
1: Co host of, of Underground Nights, our spin off podcast. There is a
0: fairly new episode out where I speak to James about um, his involvement and in life before and after. The film comedians guide it's actually really interesting so yeah do check that out
1: is that exclusive
0: it is an exclusive
1: there we go exclusive and also andrew brooker who is the co-host of another podcast that spins off from this one character unlock evening gents even plug that one that's that's quite new
2: it's very new it's just me and a mate who sit and talk video games and by the time this podcast actually comes out you should be more than a day or two away from our latest podcast coming out, which will be me and John talking all things Call of Duty, if you're into that kind of thing.
1: Lovely. Um, but we're here to talk about films, and we're going to start with a quiz. Paul is is asking questions, so I think, really, I should win points on behalf of myself, and Brooker should do it for Owen Well, in his absence.
0: In his absence, whoever loses this is going to be the recipient of a wonderful film and you're going to be expected to watch it and next time you're on you can talk about it how does that sound that's
2: fine terrifying because i'm on next week as well
0: (laughs) even better (laughs) right well it's it's an old favorite of mine and we've gone back to the amazon reviews (laughs) i'm going to read out the review you're going to guess which film it is you're going to take it in turns two of them are absolute stinkers that you're not going to get but they're done, so you're going to get a stinker each. Brooker. Yes, mate. You ready? No. <laughs> this is a one-star <laughs> review, Um, entitled One Star. Boy who takes pictures goes to college and grows a moustache. There, I just saved you three hours.
2: What? Not a fucking clue. Oh, American Steve? Beauty.
0: Nope. Steve, do you want to steal it for a bonus point? Boyhood. Yes.
2: There you
0: go. Okay. Steve. Yeah. This review is entitled uh, it's it's a one star entitled graphic and it's I did not like the treatment of people.
1: Um Boyhood. Um Schindler's List.
0: No, Brooker, do you want to guess?
1: <laughs> no, not a clue.
0: It was 12 Years a Slave. <laughs> this so isn't a- the right <laughs> one
1: so I was going I was going for like um, Holocaust. I was going for like something where people were treated bad. I was just wrong, wrong bit of history.
0: This is a, a, another one-star review by Andrew uh, entitled The Phantom Menace Was Better. And this, this is um, a question for Brooker. This movie was the worst by far. There was only one lightsaber fight and they didn't even do any spins and stuff.
2: Please tell me that was for episode 7. Nope. God, God damn Steve. it. That would have been awesome.
1: Only one light. I reckon then that is a new hope.
0: It is indeed a new hope. Point for Steve.
2: There
1: are No spins.
2: Right. When my next guess was going to be Jane, Silent Bob, Strike Back.
0: <laughs> Steve, this is again a, another one-star review entitled "There was absolutely no magic in this movie at all." <laughs> Harry, Harry Potter. No. Brooker. Uh,
1: Jane, Silent Bob, Strike Back.
0: No, it was Magic Mike.
1: I was giving the the reviewer too much credit and thinking he was quite clever and witty. (laughs) All
0: right, Brooker, this is your question and this is your stinker.
1: You mean the rest of them have been easy ones?
0: Yep. Uh, This is a one-star review from Mr. D. Kingler um, entitled, Did Not Buy, Not Interested. Not Interested. This was recommended to me while reading the Amazon.com website. I do not want to watch gangster movies and DVDs. I don't have a video player anymore anyway because of the filth today. And adult programming upsetting my wife and daughters. Sick of Amazon.com recommending products I do not want. Advertising is out of control online. I am 75 years old and can actually remember when we did not put up with this nonsense. This is why I voted alongside so many British people for Brexit to take our country back. I'm sick of it. Do not buy. And four people four people found that useful. <laughs> Fuck off. I'm going to give you a clue here because it's, it ain't a gangster film.
2: Okay. Is it actually a video?
0: It's, it's new. Okay. And it's a documentary. Tickled. No. It's uh, Steve. Do you have a guess? I don't know. It's the uh, Oasis documentary Supersonic.
2: What the fuck? <laughs> I have no idea. The fuck has that got to do with anything in that review? I have like, at idea. all?
0: Steve. <laughs> yeah. This is another one star review entitled Pirates Are Not Fun. Somalian pirates do not look like this and they tend to steal oil tankers.
1: <laughs> Captain Phillips.
0: <laughs> no. So I can see where your logic took you there, but no, Brooker.
2: Pirates of the Caribbean.
0: Correct. <laughs> <laughs> what the
2: so fucking not... Somali pirate? <laughs> what the fuck, Brooker? Oh, sweet Jesus!
0: And it's another one-star review, I'm afraid, by Ramona Clouse, called "Not a Good Idea for Anyone." I don't know why I bought this. I should have known better. I'm not a particularly religious person, but I feel this opens up your brain to accept evil in your heart. I cooked it in the microwave after I watched it. Antichrist. Nope. Steve?
1: Um, let's go with, our Ouija.
0: No, it was, in fact, The Exorcist. All right, Steve, you ready? It's a one-star review. Two people found it useful. Matt Damon is a retard.
1: Is this going to be Team America? No gonna be like a, uh, like you know, like a. I give these reviews. Too I much don't credit. think
0: it's. I don't think the review is, is is an explanation of his role in the film. I think it's a statement.
2: <laughs> I say, is Matt Damon even in the film they're reviewing? Yes. Okay.
1: Matt
2: Damon. <laughs> uh, Good Ball hunting.
0: No, it was The Martian. That's
2: like his smartest role ever.
0: I, that's why they're on Amazon reviews as being ridiculous. Brooker, you might get this. Yes. Just started. Watch, I've just started watching this on Netflix. I'm sorry, but I can't suspend disbelief that he is struggling financially, but uses brands like Tide and Clorox bleach, and he even uses pre-moistened disinfectant wipes. Clorox branded as well, not generic. And in his bathroom, he has Febreze spray. Struggling people do not waste money on that stuff. Daredevil. No. Steve? Dexter. No, that's not actually a Netflix show. It's Luke Cage. This is your stinker. You're going to love this. Hillary Clinton promotes a gender of race mixing, homosexuality, globalism, reptile people, New World Order and Jewish supremacism. This is the review I have been posting on many products, warning America about the truth. Like the rest of the biased media, Amazon keeps censoring me. What's the matter? Do you want those 30 shekels of Clinton cash? Hillary Clinton is a murderer. Thousands of celebrity deaths, from Vance Foster to Princess Di. They have been laid at the feet of this witch, Hillary Rodham Clinton. We can't let her win. We can't let her keep extenuating her reign of terror in the White House. Vote Trump. Make America great again. Nobody the found Hung- that review useful. What film was it from?
1: The Hunger Games I've... Catching Fire. No.
0: Nope.
1: I've fucking seen it. I
2: can't remember what it was I remember since. <laughs> son of a bitch. Because I remember pissing myself <laughs> up. Not a fucking Scooby. I can't remember. Bad Grandpa.
0: It... <laughs> <laughs> Fuck oh, my have. life. Right, do you want to know one? Of those, one?
1: I think I've won, and I.
0: You have indeed, Steve. You two points to one, it's Brooker. Yes, mate. There will be a DVD that. on its way to you, sir.
1: Well,
2: thank you ever so much. You're more than welcome. You can tell them what huh? it is.
0: No, let me make him wait.
2: That's, That's just harsh. <laughs> I'm slightly terrified.
1: Well, yeah. On to on to the news, and there is only really one bit of news to talk about. That is the trailer for Train Spotting Two. And we'll let our president, Irving Welsh fan, Paul, yeah, talk us I, through this trailer.
0: Do you know I didn't even know it was landing, dropping, landing, dropping.
2: Dropping. It drops. Falling over, tripping, stumbling.
0: Not going to lie, have watched it quite a lot of times. And as you say, I'm, I'm a huge Irving Welsh fan. And I actually got to meet him uh, it was about a month ago now. And total fanboyed. Just stuttered and gibbered and said, "Like you're my hero. I've got him to sign my albums and stuff." And yeah, such a nice guy, really interesting, and and much taller in real life than I than I had. It's huge. I thought he was a little fella, but there you go. Um, but the the trailer itself, it's based on the on the book Porno, which I know we've mentioned on the podcast many times. Well, is
1: is is the film based? on it. I think it's only loosely based on it, isn't it? It's not a, a full. From what I've seen or read, not a full adaptation of it.
0: No. Um, well, a the timelines are all wrong. Um, it's set 20 years after, whereas the book's much closer than that. Um,
1: I suppose if you make the film 20 years after, you kind of got to set it 20 years after because everyone's 20 years older.
0: Yeah, exactly. The weird thing is what made the, the, or the thing that made me laugh more than anything else was that the Begbie. In the original, he's, he's telling them off all the time about putting junk into their bodies and uh, and being heroin addicts, and yet in the new film, he's the one who looks about sixty. <laughs> the others look really young still. It's they do bring up an awful lot of um, callbacks to the original, and I and I've watched it so many times now. I actually, I actually made a list. You've got the Paul Hall, you've got the Born Slippy music. You've got the monologue at the start, which they've obviously adapted to, to include Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. You've got um, the toilet cubicle, the falling, Scottish football, them out in the countryside, the bedroom from where he sees um, Dawn's baby crawling on the ceiling, the bit where he leans over the front of the bonnet of a car. There's a lot of callbacks. But What did you guys think?
1: I, I think it looked good, but and again, I'm not as big a fan as you, so I can't fanboy all over it. But I think it looked good. Definitely go and see it.
0: I think the biggest issue is is for for fans is that it, if it's not based on porno, which means that means there'll be no Juice Terry Lawson, who's the central character in porno, and it's all about them making these like homemade stag movies on VHS, because uh, Juice Terry's got a massive cock and just wants to fuck everything, um, and Simon takes over a pub and lets juice terry make these films upstairs and almost the stuff going on around it mark coming back and stuff and Begbie getting out of prison are almost incidental to that but this seems to have yanked that out of it so yeah i really don't know how it's going to work i mean i'm just happy to see see it back on the big screen i don't really care to be honest I'm sure they've done a good job.
1: Why has it taken so long for it to happen?
0: Because uh, Danny Boyle fell out with Ewan McGregor, didn't he? Did he? Yeah, over the beach. Ewan McGregor was cast in the beach, and then they stuck DiCaprio in. Oh. Mm. And that feud has been boiling along ever since. Equally, apart from Kelly MacDonald, the rest of them are, are are all all struggling. Even Danny Boyle himself. I mean, he, he's, he's all of their careers have taken a bit of a nosedive. They need this more than anything. Funnily enough, the only one who doesn't need it is Kelly MacDonald. Although she's in the trailer, I bet she's barely in the film. I bet that's a cameo.
2: Yeah, McGregor's doing all right, isn't he? Yeah, well, I thought Danny Boyle was doing all right.
0: Not, I don't think they're doing as well as they were. Let's put it that way.
2: It was, I mean, Trance was wank, but Steve Jobs was all right. I probably one of the few films of his I actually really liked.
0: It's the only. I do you know what, it's the only one I've refused to see because I'm not watching a film about a mobile phone salesman. Fair enough. Did you what? what did you think of the spotting trailer? Not because I know you're not a massive fan anyway, but
2: yeah. See, I'm not a fan of spotting at all. Uh, watched the film a couple of times yonks ago. Yeah, donkeys ago. I, I, it's just. I don't remember much of it. I remember not particularly liking it. Uh, I read the book, which I didn't mind. It was all right. Uh, not read porno, and I honestly, as a non-fan, I just kind of looked at the trailer and went, "That just looks like someone struggling really hard to be 2016 relevant and not really knowing what their audience wants." It doesn't look good. Or fun, but it might be because I didn't find the first one good or fun. It's not really my thing. I don't. I probably won't go and watch it unless someone comes out and tells me that it's absolutely amazing. And you know, a big, if it becomes a must-watch, then when it comes on VOD, but I probably won't waste a cinema trip for it.
0: I I await Escobar Walker's review with bated breath as well
1: fun enough what we've been watching when well, we have a look at some stuff that's not necessarily new releases that we've seen in the last seven days me and Paul have seen a, a documentary that Paul is going to explain to you
0: I am <laughs> now Steve I know that both you and I are now huge huge fans of um, competitive endurance tickling is that, is that fair to say?
2: weren't you already fans of that <clears throat> when you started playing football? <laughs>
0: I, I should probably rewind here. This is a, a documentary um, by a guy called David Farrier, who he's a bit like the New Zealand version of Louis Theroux. And he kind of does these weird and wonderful um, documentaries uh, about weird subcultures and stuff. And he comes across this video online of what is labelled competitive endurance tickling, um, which is a sport. And he starts. To write a blog about it, and decides this is going to be one of his his features. Um, he then starts being contacted by a company called um, Jane O'Brien Media, who send him a really sort of hostile reply to a request for an interview, um, saying that this is a um, you know passionately and exclusively heterosexual athletic endurance activity, uh, and because the, this guy. Um, David Farrier, who wants to make the documentary, is gay. They do not want him associated with their sport.
2: I've heard about this. Sorry, mate. You kept mentioning it. This sounds familiar. Somebody, another podcast I listened to was talking about this, and I desperately needed to go and find it. There you go. I really wanted to watch this. Mm.
0: It starts off as a really light, fluffy, jolly piece, and then becomes darker and more fucked up and darker. And by the end, you're like, oh, my God. I mean, what did you think, Steve?
1: It's really weird. It's... <laughs> I'm
0: so glad you watched this. You're
1: wondering for a long time if it's actually a spoof.
0: Yeah, I thought this is... Yeah, I actually thought for a while, is this a wind-up?
1: Is this a mockumentary? Is it like... Because it's just
0: we mustn't spoil it, though, Steve. You can't mention anything about the people involved, really,
1: other than the fact they're mental. Other than the fact
0: that they're mental, I don't
1: know where to start without being able to spoil it's really, it. Yeah,
0: you, because the, the people who are involved in the videos, when if they try and leave or stop making these um, online videos, then they become subject to um, all sorts of really bizarre um, threats. Um, and, and some of them are you know, quite scary. They, you know, they start phoning their sort of colleagues, friends, workplaces, schools, ex- exposing their personal information, telling their uh, friends that they're homosexual, sexual deviants. It, you can't talk about being in the tickling videos. You can't mention the tickling videos. Yeah, it's fucked up what the, some of these poor guys have been put through. you got to remember, if you're a young man, you're maybe at college or whatever... Um, and somebody offers you thousands of dollars to to be clothed and tickled by another dude, you might think, meh, I could probably do that. But then these videos end up on the internet, and you start being... Th- it is completely messed up what these guys are put through, and just how many of them there are. It's
1: really dark in places as well, isn't it? Yeah,
0: really dark. Just like I said, it starts off really like, comical, and then by the end, you're like, oh my god. The biggest pantomime villain since probably what that Billy Mitchell?
1: Oh, you senders?
0: No, from the King of Kong.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know what you meant. Sorry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as as if the, the the central kind of you know the, the figure of hate in this is just horrendous.
1: It's just the most odd subject for it to take that turn and go as as dark as it did. In com- from competitive tickling, just doesn't make any sense.
0: I watched it, with Catherine, and as soon as the, the opening scene where the you know the dudes are tickling each other, we both looked at each other and went like, "Yeah, that's proper gay. <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely a sex thing. This this isn't a sport. This is a sex thing." We, do we have the similar mind that there's, there's no way this is a sport? It's definitely a sex thing. Yeah. Yeah. Guess what? Yeah. It was a sex thing. <laughs> that ain't a sport, but of course it was. <laughs>
1: Course, it was. That's not a revelation. No.
0: <laughs> it doesn't take Einstein to work out young athletic men in shorts tickling each other. It's not a sex thing.
1: That's not exactly the revelation, like they found some bones in some cave in Australia that's 50,000 years old. like makes us think about our history of mankind. This is like telling us that the Pope wears a silly hat.
0: Yes, absolutely. But it's, it's almost like a crime. Drama as well, though, isn't it? It's not. You've got the the Louis Theroux weird, wonderful subculture stuff, but then you've got like a almost like a true crime um, documentary, and you fuse those two together, and that's it. That is my perfect documentary. This genuinely was my perfect documentary of fusing those two things together, and um, I thought it was absolutely amazing. I can't, I can't wait for people to see this.
1: It's amazing, but it's just. Odd.
0: Did you enjoy it?
1: Yeah, in a weird way.
0: Oh, really, I I felt it like I was enthralled all the way through from start to finish. A proper roller coaster.
1: It's not made me want to take up competitive tickling.
0: No, but did it make you hate that the the person? Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, without a doubt.
2: <sighs> Has anybody suggested Owen watch this yet?
0: Um, I think I mean Owen I mean, was in it.
2: I, I wonder if that's where he it's, is tonight. He's
0: being threatened. He's competitive
1: tickling. <laughs> he is that's exactly what he's doing. He's in a
0: caravan in North Wales.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> with Terry Tickle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God bless Terry Tickle and all who sail in her. The
1: first rule of Tickle Club. Yep. We don't talk we don't about talk Tickle about Club.
0: Don't talk about Tickle Club. Sorry, Owen.
1: Second rule of Tickle Club is keep your pants on.
0: Absolutely.
1: At all times. Yep or else it does become I d- a bit... honestly
0: Steve I don't think we can say we, we, because otherwise we're going to go massively into spoiler territory
1: but just watch it because it's, it's a great watch
0: it is fantastic and it was... no matter how
1: weird it is
0: yeah. it's, it's great Def- I can tell you now it's in my top 10 of the year easy Easy.
1: Because um, Owen doesn't let us review pornography on this his podcast, Brooker is making the most of him not being here, and I believe he's reviewing two things, Red shoot Diaries and Emmanuel in Space. Excellent. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Don't
2: watch Emmanuel in Space. That is my review. Spacesuit takes away all the fun. Mm. Anyways. It's no competitive tickling. <laughs> it's no competitive tickling. <laughs> you, know. you know. it's Stupid fucking space... Helmet things just get in the way, you just end up squishing your dick up against the glass. What's the point?
1: Are they all space helmets when you're in space? I'm
0: more concerned that Brooker had listened to a podcast review the film about competitive tickling. We then talk about competitive tickling and I told him to watch it and he's like, Oh, that film about competitive tickling. How many do you think there are?
2: <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that, it was this was about six months ago. Oh, okay. And it was on a it was on a video game podcast as well. Okay. So we kind of went by me and I went, okay, that sounds like I should watch it and maybe talk about it on the podcast. But the problem was I couldn't remember what it was called and I just couldn't be fucking bothered <laughs> to go back remember and remember the name it of out.
0: the tickling documentary.
2: <laughs> well, I was only to be <laughs> oh, fair at oh, the time on, I was probably you know you. I was probably picking up dog shit or something at the same time. I really wasn't paying that much attention. Wow. Well. <laughs> anyway. I was at work as well, yeah. You know, I wasn't walking the dog, I was just randomly picking up shit. But yeah, I remember thinking, I really want to, I really want to watch that. And it wasn't until you you said the thing about the, the bit where it turns really dark. and I was like, ah, yeah.
0: This is a one-star review from Andrew Brooker. Not as good as the other tickling documentary.
2: <laughs> well, the other tickling documentary was Emmanuel in Space.
1: Wow, the special kind of tickling.
2: <laughs> it's The naked kind that you do in caravans in Wales.
1: Wow. Anyway, what is it that you are reviewing for us?
2: (laughs) So I I finally, I say finally, it's only a couple of months, but I finally watched a film that I desperately wanted to see at Fright Fest back in August, but it was actually screening the same time as 31. And I went, no, because I literally, I I bought my ticket for 31. It's the only thing I came to actually watch. So I skipped out on it and went to see the Rob Zombie thing. So, I finally got around to watching The Neighbor because it came out to buy it last week. And it's by a guy called Marcus Dunstan who made uh, The Collector and The Collection. And it stars the same guy from both those films, Josh Stewart. But the guy also, you know, he wrote like most of the Saw films. And, you know, he's done, he's basically written half of the dodgy, crappy, uh, horror movies that have been around the last few years, but he also like he wrote Feast. Have you guys come across Feast? You must have come yeah. across Feast, Paul, because um, it's because so. it's got fucking Jason oh, Mewes in it. You must have come the, across the, it.
0: They, he's the guy who won the, the Green- face
2: raping monsters.
1: Yeah, yeah, but
0: they're in that cafe in the diner, but they, they, that was Project Greenlight.
1: It was Project there Greenlight. Yeah. yeah, I have seen it. Yeah, so he, that's, he the, wrote that. that's the other tickling documentary. <laughs> <laughs> So when I saw that this guy had made
2: this film I was like, okay I'm I'm actually interested because I really liked the collector and the collection as crappy as they were and kind of under the shadow of things like Saw and Hostel I I still quite liked them. Uh and it to be fair it didn't disappoint at all. It wasn't a horror film but it's this really good you know really decent thriller about this dodgy pair that live in this crappy little shack in the middle of nowhere. But their neighbour is dodgier than them. And when the woman who uh, lives in this house sees him beat the shit out of somebody in their garden, when when she goes to investigate, he kidnaps her. And now the guy has to go and rescue her and discovers all these weird and dodgy secrets that the guy has, including a a Don't Breathe-style cellar downstairs filled with women that he's kidnapped and trying to sell to other people it's it's weird it's there's nothing special about it you know there's nothing new or original about it but it is you know at 90 minutes it's a perfect friday night feet up with a beer kind of film i really really enjoyed it i would definitely say you know if you're into that kind of thing it's not a horror at all it's just a it's a good slightly sometimes gruesome thriller but it's Excellent. I really liked it. And where can people find that? It's on DVD and your video-on-demand place of choice. Okay. It came out last week, so sadly a little bit overshadowed because it came out the same day as the Neon Demon, but it was still you know, worth picking up if you see it.
1: Yeah. Time for us now to review a few new releases from the cinema this week, and um, Paul is going to start us off with the horror film *Rupture*.
0: Yep, I'm um, not going to lie, I'd rather have ruptured my spleen than uh, than, than than actually seen this in hindsight. Um, Numi Rapaz, that that her from *The Dragon Tattoo*, um, tries to escape. And Sherlock it. Holmes. And Sherlock Holmes, And, yep. <laughs> and Prometheus. And Prometheus. Wasn't it? Yeah, she tries to escape from mad scientists who try to turn her into a monster, basically. Um, She's a single mum, and straight away we see her house is full of hidden surveillance cameras. You've no idea who, what, where, why, how. But before we do kind of find out anything, she's kidnapped, chucked in the back of a van, really long, drawn-out journey, taken into some weird old office building, That's been turned into some sort of medical facility strapped onto a table. They then, um, weird people come in and out wearing weird goggles, pump her full of drugs, keep telling her her skin is interesting and smelling her and then scare her. Okay. Is this making any sense yet? No, no. Well, no. They ask her lots and lots of questions, um, None of this is scary, and none of it's really. You don't really give a fuck because it doesn't make any sense. Um, and effectively, they they the chemicals they pump into her are when coupled with somebody being scared, extremely scared, uh, and in her case, it's spiders. Um, something's supposed to happen, and she is supposed to rupture. Uh, yeah. It's not good. In fact, it's terrible. I've not seen special effects this bad in a film outside of Troma. Bearing in mind, this has got a proper cast, a proper budget. It looks really good. And then when you see the special effects, you will literally start laughing. It's just really contrived. All the plot points are just like eye-rolling... Um, it literally makes no sense at all and even at the end I'm like I I don't get it what what were they supposed to be, were they humans, were they it doesn't make any sense so yeah I can absolutely not recommend that you waste any time at all seeing the rupture
2: See, it just sounds like one of those shit straight to VOD horror movies that Netflix will pick up mid-October just to make up the horror numbers
0: well yeah but why, how have they what? How? That's what it sounds like to me. It's a really that is a really good cast in this, and it is really well made, and there's a really good idea. Someone who you know has been taken; they don't know why they've been taken. All this weird stuff happens to her, but then the reveal is like, well, that's fucking stupid. That's pointless and makes no sense. And your effects are absolute garbage. Stop wasting my fucking time. Yeah, don't bother.
1: Well, wasn't wasn't Doomy replacement to be the next big thing? At a point, she was she was in all these films that she wasn't Then she about. done Sherlock Holmes.
0: She was so edgy in the original Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. I thought she was awesome, and I and I again I thought she's going to be the next big thing, and and somehow Hollywood has turned her into somebody's mum. It happens to a lot of people. John, what have you guys seen?
1: Brooker has seen uh, Nocturnal Animals, which might just sound as as mad as as tickled.
2: Mm, yeah. Okay. <laughs> hmm. Okay. So I, I tell you what. I, I'll start with this because this. Have you guys seen the trailer for this film? Uh. Yes. Or like a TV spot for it or anything. No, I'm not.
0: Seeing, I don't yeah. know anything about it apart from Amy Adams is in it and she she looked quite foxy.
2: I I love Amy Adams anyway, so I mean that that goes without saying for me. It's pretty much the only reason I watch those shitty Superman movies. Anyways. So yeah. Okay. So I tell you what. The IMDb synopsis for this, right, Really quick. It says an art gallery owner is haunted. By her ex-husband's novel, a violent thriller she interprets as a veiled threat and a symbolic revenge tale. We reckon? Uh, Sound interesting? N- no. No, it doesn't, does it? But the best bit of that is, it's far less interesting than that makes it out to be. Oh, God. Because it's not about that at all. <laughs> like, not even close. Not even in the slightest. Well, I'll start by telling you, this film opens with just naked jiggling fat chicks.
0: I'm listening. No, no, we're
2: not, we're not just talking like slightly chubby people or maybe even a bit fat. We're talking grossly, morbidly obese. There's, there's definitely, yeah, you crack on with that. (laughs) There's definitely mold in those creases kind of fat.
0: Oh, were we talking fart and give us a clue fat?
2: Yes. Uh, we're, we're talking essentially what they did when they, before they started filming was they just slapped one bit and then the rest of it just carried on waving at you gotcha. for like five minutes, this opening scene. And there's like four or five of these women just naked in white boots and a red hat and like pom poms just there on the screen, nothing, not wearing anything else. And instantly, right. The very second you sit, you go, Oh, you fucking arsehole. You twat and your stupid fucking arty, poncy fucking direction. I hate Tom Ford. He needs to stop making films. I'm pretty sure this is only like his second film. I don't want to see anymore. They're all shite. Absolute shite. But yeah, that's how it starts. And you kind of get, I don't know, 10 minutes with Amy Adams being this kind of snobby, art gallery owner manager proprietor of something and then just randomly she gets a book delivered to her and it's a book from her ex-husband who's let got left a little note on it just saying you know you leaving me gave me the inspiration to write this and so she reads it and now the film splits into three splits in three directions number one her reading the book which is just as boring as you imagine it is. It's just her sitting in various poses around her house with these big, thick NHS-rimmed glasses reading this fucking book. Number two is the book playing out on the screen, which is the most interesting bit because the book is about a guy who is Jake Gyllenhaal, who is also her ex-wife, her ex-wife, her ex-husband. So the book is about a guy who is traveling with his wife and kid and is driven off the road by three guys and three guys proceed to leave him on his own in the middle of the fucking desert and rape and kill his wife and daughter. And then the story goes on about him and this copper who's played by Michael Shannon, uh, chasing after the guys that done it. And that, Kind of plays out in front of you. That's the book. And then the third strand of this is a flashback story of her meeting Jake Gyllenhaal and them getting married and then them splitting up when she cheats on him. I kept looking at my watch about. So, I've literally, I've only just come home from watching this fucking thing. About seven o'clock, I looked at my watch expecting it to be 10 past eight and the film nearly finished. Turned out it had only been going for about 45 minutes. It was so long and so boring and so utterly utterly pointless and self-serving i just awful awful filmmaking from an awful awful filmmaker when it's being the, the story when it's being the book is actually half interesting like the whole guy's knocking you off the road and the little investigation him going off the rails and you know chasing after these people and michael shannon makes a pretty cool cop, and I quite like watching Michael Shannon in most things. But the rest of the time, it's just boring fucking nonsense. I cannot believe this thing is getting high praise. It is so, so shit. I can't recommend this in the fucking slightest. Just absolutely god-awful.
1: There we go. Don't go and see it. No, don't. Don't waste your time and money. One final new release for us to, to review... and and we've both seen Ben Affleck's new film, The Accountant. We have. Sounds like a boring title for a film. Um, It does a bit, doesn't it? mm, You've written a review for the website on this, haven't you not? I have. Yes, you have. Um,
2: Quite a while um, ago, I forgot forgot. I'd written it at one
1: point. I have not written a review. (laughs) I'll give my opinion now, and it is that it was just just a bit... uh, it was good. It was okay, but it was sort of nothing to write home about. Yeah, I, I'm not quite sure it knew what kind of film it wanted it to be. It's definitely it definitely got a thing about it. But It was just sort of like, uh, is that it? You know, it wasn't. <laughs> it, it wasn't the kind of film that you're you're going home and thinking about all afternoon. It wasn't something that really gripped you. But it was okay. It was as worst ways of spending a couple of hours. But Yeah, what did you what did you think, Andrew? I mean, I I quite
2: I quite like to I think the problem I've got isn't with The Accountant as a film, but just with thrillers this year in general have been utter guff. Such utter guff. And so by the time I got to this one, I was happy to settle for a half-decent film. Do you know what I mean? I've been so disappointed most of this year with... I I love good thrillers. You know, It's it's one one of my favourite... Behind horror, it's probably my favourite genre of film. And this year... I mean, this year's been pretty shit for film in general, but this year, thrillers as a whole have been really, really lacking. So a film that didn't make me look at my watch to see if it was nearly over and a film that didn't make me go, oh, really, for fuck's sake, you know, was a blessing. And then when I got out, the more I thought about it, the more I thought, actually, it wasn't that bad. I'd watch it again, happily. I'd like to see more of him, essentially, because he... Okay, so, because we haven't even explained what this film's about. No, it's just, just go on and start talking about what we think about it. So, I mean, the long and short of it is Ben Affleck is autistic. I'm going to say he's autistic, even though the film appears to go to really great lengths to not tell you what his affliction is. But I'm going to say he's autistic. So this guy is autistic. And the way he's been brought up is kind of, he's not been mollycoddled at all. His old man has kind of beat it into him that just because you have this problem, you can't be a victim. And he's kind of picked up that ball and run with it, and it's turned him into this super hardcore accountant who can uncook anyone's books in a matter of hours, but also a cold-blooded killer who has essentially turned his attention to detail from his autism into a superpower, and now he's the best killer in the world and just can take out armies of people all on his own. He's basically Batfleck without the fucking costume. Yeah, But I mean, I have to admit, you know, there was, when he was, the the math bit didn't, I mean, it wasn't a beautiful mind, which kind of bored me. So I was all right with that. So it didn't go into great depths, which, which was okay. When it was trying to tell the story, it kind of slowed down and sagged a little bit. But when the whole, you know, everybody's trying to kill him thing really kicked in, I found myself really quite enjoying myself.
1: I really quite liked it. Yeah, it did jump up a notch from that point. But as I said earlier, I don't think it knew what kind of film it wanted to be. It it doesn't seem
2: very much like whoever wrote the script was writing it and went, so we've got this super-duper accountant and we need to make a film about him. I've got about 40 minutes worth of script. What do we do? And then his mate went, why don't you make him kill everybody? Yeah. (laughs) It does very much seem like that to me. Because
1: i else you got in a film about an accountant, for all the win in the world, that's not going to be exciting.
2: No. Uh, but, I, but I think the, the one of the biggest problems I have with it, so it's got... So it's it's him, Anna Kendrick, who, uh, sorry, Ben Affleck, Anna Kendrick, who I kind of take a leave. She's okay sometimes. You know, John Lithgow, John Burnfall, J.K. Simmons. You know, you've got quite a decent cast there. But yeah. everybody just seemed to be kind of half assing it, not really putting in a really good performance. I kind of wanted more from everybody. Cast-wise and performance-wise, it seems a bit lacking, but I'd say I'd watch it again. When it comes yeah. cheap on Blu-ray or iTunes, I might
1: pick it up and watch it. Yeah, it's one of those that you kind of watch again if it's on telly, but I kind of couldn't see me parting with a great deal of money for it again. Oh, no, it's, it's, I wouldn't
2: go out and buy it the day it comes out, absolutely no. not. But, you know, when it, when it becomes that film that's, you know... Special this week on iTunes, three yeah. I'll buy it.
1: I suppose Affleck's got to do something between playing Batman, hasn't he? Well, this was
2: put off, wasn't it? Because this was made last year. Yeah. And Warner delayed it to see how people would react to Batfleck. I do not understand the point to that
1: in the slightest. No, but there you go. Maybe it <laughs> did something for him. Um, but yeah, ultimately, that is it for... Uh, This week's Failed Critics podcast, but some recommendations. I'm going to go with Five Star on Friday at 10pm, and that is Layer Cake. Nice. Uh, Brooker? Uh, So, quarter to 11
2: on Saturday night on the Horror Channel is the original 1977 The Hills Have Eyes. Nice. very cool. Yeah, very cool little Wes Craven film. I'm a big fan of I might even record that myself. And
0: Paul? Well, if I said to you Ronnie and his son Braden run a disco walking tour uh, where they meet a sexy woman called Janet uh, and then start a competition between father and son for her attentions set against the backdrop of a kind of oily, inhuman maniac dubbed the Greasy Strangler, would you be interested? No, yes. If I said it was then soaked with profanity, flatulence... Cellulite, horrendous, like th- greasy food all the time, cartoon violence, and then massive close ups of huge cocks, tiny cocks, pubic wigs, which you can see are held on bits of tape. Excellent. You're going to love the Greasy Strangler Boys, I'm telling you now. On VOD, on Blu ray, definitely top three of the year for me. Amazing.
1: I really, really want to see that one. Okay. Well, yes, that is now all for this week's Failed Critics podcast. The three of us have wrapped it up in about an hour so we know who rambles on the most now um, when he's here. <laughs> and um, I managed
2: to get through an entire
1: episode without saying the word cunt. Well, uh-huh. until, until now. Whoops. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you all for listening. I don't know what's happening next week um, because Owen does all that and he's not here. Um, but me, Owen and Brooker will be back at the very least. I think Tony's on
2: next week as well. Okay. If my, if my email is right.
1: Okay, well, yes. Yeah, so thank you all for listening and join us again in a week's time.
0: The Failed Critics Podcast is presented by Steve Norman and Owen Hughes, created by James Diamond, with original music provided by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com, remixed by James Yule of JamesYule.com. You can find us at FailedCritics.com, on Twitter at FailedCritics, and Facebook at facebook.com forward slash failed critics. Thanks for listening. Are you alright, mate? You sound like you're. Have you been dumped or something? You've got that horrible, something's terrible's happened <laughs> voice on you tonight.
1: No, I'm fine. I'm just a bit
2: tired. Okay. Told you you went for a kip. I fucking told you.
0: I knew it.
1: <laughs> no, I wish I had.
0: He masturbated himself to within an inch of his life. He's got a cock like a fucking microwave pepper army. Oh. And he's kipped off on the sofa.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's more or less yeah. it.
0: Did you piss yourself as well? Yeah. I fucking knew it. Mark, wow. You're a disgrace, Norman. You're I know. a disgrace. <laughs> I know.